You are listening to my Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lambert. And coming up on today's episode, I'm joined by Ms. Yunka Rufai, who's also known as Coach Rufai, and she's a weight loss and healing coach. And she joins us to talk more about her transnational experience, women empowerment, body image, and what it means to be able to be your best you. We talk about that as we continue Women's History Month and acknowledging all the great things that women are doing, transnational or not transnational, what black women and women of all colors are doing. But before we get into that, let's go through our formalities. If this is your first time listening to My Black is Transnational, you can find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps, wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast, you can find us there. Please make sure to subscribe and download the podcast. You can also listen to past episodes from past seasons. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. Always leave your feedback. We always appreciate it and make the content more suitable for your ears. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast and Facebook, same name, Black Transnational Podcast. You can follow me, the host, on Instagram at Black Transnational underscore. And you can check us out at our website, www.blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast you can also email us at blacktransnational17 at gmail.com all right so back to today's episode and our guest so i've had the fortune of knowing yinka coach yinka for um for some time now um and i've been able to witness her personal transformation um, not just as far as weight loss but also as far as just healing and growth um, and, and as far as practicing wellness and what wellness means for an individual so we get into a really healthy conversation about what it means to lose weight but not just losing weight for the sake of losing weight but what are you gaining when you lose weight what does that mean especially for our women for our sisters what does that mean to you how do you achieve proper weight loss with a healthy mindset and a healthy spirit and a not just having a healthy body but having holistic health achieved so we get into that but also impacting how do our connections with people how do our identities as black people as black immigrants as first generation as second generation how do all these things tie into how we practice and pursue holistic health so a very dope conversation with a very dope person and she does an amazing job of being completely transparent and authentic. So again, I appreciate her jumping on the show and I hope you all enjoy it. So without any further ado, Miss Yuka Rufai, also known as Coach Rufai, here on My Black is Transnational. Let's get the show rolling. Enjoy. Welcome to My Dad's Podcast, My Black is Transnational, Season 3. You can find us on anywhere you like to listen to good podcasts. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye. to another episode of my Black is Transnational. And today, now that we are in International Women's, today's actually International Women's Day, right? So I think it's fitting that I have the guest that I have here with me. I have my sister here, Miss 
Yinka, Rufai, fellow classmate from the greatest class U of I has ever produced, class 2010. Um, but she's a certified weight loss coach. She's a life coach. She's a game changer. She's a life changer. Um, so I'm just completely honored and floored that sis took the time to join us on the episode because most importantly she's a fellow nigerian and a fellow transnational and she's here to speak her truth and share some wisdom with us so sis thank you so much for joining the show how you doing i'm good thank you so much for having me this is super exciting and i love what you're doing with your podcast and all of the different things you're covering transnationally and different people's experiences based on that so i'm really happy to be here like you said my name is yinka rufai people call me coach yinka i am a weight loss and healing coach and i work with a lot of women and some men who are looking to lose over 20 over 20 to 30 pounds in an accelerated and healthy manner. And I do that by tackling healthy lifestyle in three ways. The first one being physical. And that physical aspect is with the weight loss, the nutrition and things of that nature. The second aspect is mental. And I find that a lot of times people get hung up on the minds, how important the mindset aspect is for working out. They're just in a rush to lose the weight and they're not practicing the proper and the positive ways of thinking about their body and thinking about about their day-to-day lifestyle because they're so focused on physical. And so I focus on the physical, the mental, and most importantly, the spiritual aspect as mm. well. And I find it's very important to have that closeness and faith walk with God. And as you're building the building blocks for a healthy lifestyle with working out and clean eating and setting goals, creating that consistency with getting in your word or whoever your higher power is, mm-hmm. is going to create some type of structure and order in people's lives. So mm. I do that and I run programs around that. I help all things health. And for the most part, that's it. As far as my Monday through Friday, I am um, in consulting, tech consulting. And so I do that nine to five. So I'm not going to make any assumptions here, but I want you to just tell me which one is your passion? Because you talk longer about the weight loss and everything. And you just was like, well, I got a nine to five, right? So oh, yeah. what's, what's your passion? Which one is your passion? And just, just for us. To My get absolute passion is what I'm doing now. Right. I got out of nine to fives in November, last mm-hmm. year, November, just out of my profession. I used to be an actuarial consultant. That has a lot of numbers. It's using lots of math and finance models to measure risk for companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that across all different types of corporations and companies. And, um, left that kind of always wanted to help others like in my core in my being i my life mission is to help others and serve others and the next question would be well how can you do that what are the skills i have to help others and so my passion is around that and so with the tools that i have having my experience of over 10 years ago losing 90 pounds um, in a very quick and healthy manner And then fast forwarding, losing 50 pounds in four months and practicing that whole approach, three-pronged approach about physical, mental, and spiritual. And so that's my passion to help others become a better version of themselves because the other side is just so much more amazing. And so many people are struggling through little things or things that they consider big, but it's a matter of changing the mindset and Mm. think and building up that resilience. So that's my passion. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love to hear it. And I wanted to just kind of go with you to give us a little bit more about that. Um, But what about, where are your peoples from? So my parents are from Nigeria. My dad's from Ijebu and my mom is from Lagos State. And so they moved 
to the states probably i want to say like 40 years ago okay, wow. um so full-bred nigerian just yeah. living in america okay and so were you born here or were you born in nigeria i was born in chicago okay, so my so parents so. moved from nigeria and then they went to belgium okay. for schooling and so my oldest brother was born in belgium okay. and then they migrated to new york and then came back to chicago and so they settled in chicago and then it was me my second oldest brother and my little sister got it wonderful and Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. That's that's a dope <laughs> that's a dope migration story and, and especially through Belgium, which not many Nigerians go through. A lot of people who are from Congo tend to go to Belgium just because of the, yeah. you know, the, the colonization history, of course. But. Yeah, and it always raised interesting conversations when I talk when we talk about um who Africans are or African Americans or things like that. And mm-hmm. I always bring up my brother because he was born in Belgium. So is it is he not 100% Nigerian? Is right. he no longer American? You know, things like that. And so I always pose that question to people. And, you know, you don't have the answer. You know what I mean? That kind of like narrows it down. So, yeah, I always bring that up because it's just like he shouldn't be counted as, you know, I, that's just. It's complicated. Thought. And we're going to get into it. Trust us. We're going we to jump into it. Matter of <laughs> fact, I'm going to call you coach all throughout this interview. So we're okay. just going to run it like that, coach. All right. So now. Why do you want to help people? I want to I want to focus on this passion before we get into the nitty gritty and the transnational tip. Why? What, what inspired you to get down this path? I remember we was an undergrad together, and I know you know far crazy. Everything was nice, but like, what then led you after we graduated to to take on this mantle and discover your gift and say, you know what, I want to actually share my gift, right? Like, what yeah. what, what inspired that story? Sure, sure. It started off with me just wanting to lose weight i didn't my direction wasn't i'm losing weight for people i was losing it for me and so i through my experience of learning the type the type of woman i've become or the type of woman i will become and so some of the things that i did enjoy my passions it's very foundationally driven on jesus and on christ and so i was a person that was born in the church not born in the church i take that back i was not born in the church but i was in church most most of my life and so with that i just developed a nature of servitude and a nature of gratitude and so i see someone in need and it's a need that i can fill as far as like their mental state is off or they're completely negative i can help with that because that's the type of gift that i have the ability to empathize with others and also the ability to want to help because some people are probably quick paced people who aren't really into if you're doing good or doing bad but i started finding that as my person as my personality developed with my friends friends caught on that i was a person that tend to help them verbally and help them with their mindset not knowing that that's what i was doing this is just how i spoke and what I was doing to better myself. And it end, ended up impacting them. And so they were the ones that pushed me, like, you should do motivational speaking. Mm-hmm. Oh, you you, you um, lost so much weight. You should go on YouTube and do a video. And so it just started off with me sharing my experience. Mm-hmm. And once I shared my experience on how I lost 90 pounds, um, my YouTube exploded. Mm-hmm. I. It was a ton of people who I did not realize needed help in an area where I have found a solution already. 
And so I saw these comments saying, wow, thanks to this video, you motivated me to get back up and get working out. Wow, thanks, I keep going back to your video, I'm 40 pounds down. Wow, I watched all these other videos, but for some reason you spoke to me and that made me go to the gym, all these things. And so I was recognizing that I was gifted at speaking to others and helping get to their level so they can understand that I, I understand what they're feeling. And so that, while I'm looking through those comments and looking at all the stories and I'm genuinely happy for all these women because I know emotionally and mentally what it what it takes to go through that being plus size and losing all that weight. Mm -hmm. And so I found joy in that and I found myself reaching back out to them, seeing how it was going, if I can help them and things like that, not thinking I was going to be a coach down the line. Right. Um, but finding those things out is what helped me understand my strengths just my strengths that I didn't know was obvious to me. Yeah. And then I was able to put that into words. And from there, I was able to develop what I can to get to my ultimate goal, which is what serving others. Right. And so that means that my lifestyle has to be my ministry. So all of my things that I'm doing, I have to share um, instead of keeping it all in my head, because right. I think it's normal, but it's actually an expansive amount of knowledge that it will be a disservice for me to not share. You know, and so I'm being intentional about that. And that's how I kind of think about things through the day with helping others, like mm. just having that mindset. Did that answer your question? That did. That did. That more than answered my question. Okay. You know, what I find very fascinating and very, what I really enjoy about this is to be able to see you in your element, right? Like, because I remember just in, in the interactions that we may have had when we were all younger, um, you weren't much of a talker. Right? Back in the day, right? Like, so, you know, and obviously, I, I mean, you know, you found your voice and, and like, now that you found it and you're sharing it, like, was it a gradual process or was it like, okay, I got my voice and like, I'm, 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 I'm with it. I'm, I'm sharing it. I'm using it. And you hear me oh. now, like hear me roar type of like, uh, what was it? Oh, it was definitely a journey okay. ups and downs. There was no linear, there was no correlation with um, time, but no, it was just an interesting experience as far as just, I think my, me losing a majority of that weight in college kind of helped me for the future in the sense of like, I started gaining a significant amount of attention my last year of school mm. that I was not expecting. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, it kind of gave me more anxiety, social anxiety, actually. And so like diagnosed social anxiety, mm -hmm. um, not because of the weight loss, but just something I didn't realize that how much I really just preferred being an introvert. Right. So after going through that and understanding that process and what anxiety is, how it's, you know, developed and differentiating between the two, um, that was the way I had to figure out a solution because I knew my gift was to speak to others, mm -hmm. but I have social anxiety. So how are we going to get from here? Right all the way over the day and so years of doing all of this and then giving up and being like well whatever let me live my life um so now i've gotten to the place where it's much more managed and with that whole process in addition to building your confidence level mm -hmm. and actually knowing that you have a lot of knowledge in your head so remembering or recognizing your worth mm -hmm. i find that a lot of times we don't say that out loud to each ourselves and we forget when the word is out loud for mm -hmm. example beautiful you you probably with your wife all the time at home you know what i mean and she knows she's beautiful you know you know that she's beautiful mm -hmm. but she hasn't heard it in a while and mm -hmm. it's just like then you say it to her and she's like wow Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and it's yeah. just it, it's the same type of 
it's the same type of nature with that. It's yeah. just like, wow, um, you got this. Um, you know what you're talking about. And who else is going to do it if it's not you? Mm -hmm. And so after kind of always telling myself that, and now it turned from something that I wanted to do, but was, you know, had a blockage because of something that was beyond me, mental a mental disorder. But I was able to kind of tell myself, or it's facts, but every day I would remember that there are lives that are in my hands. Facts. So the day, every day that I don't choose to speak, Mm. is the day that every true every day I choose fear is a day that people's lives are gone right. and that right. put a fire under me like no other I'm a very zero or 100 kind of person mm. and it's just like it's so true like some people need to hear from you mm. to receive certain things mm. there are tons of podcasts like this but for some reason there are so certain set of people that collab that navigate towards you right you know and so it's just like if you didn't have your podcast then you know what i mean like yeah, well, i hope <laughs> it's perfect to bring up. <laughs> no i i i know i know um but yeah so that's the main just okay. yeah yeah no and you know and and just you know because i know my wife would probably be listening to this you're beautiful babe coach try to set me up with that you're beautiful I love you. You just babe. forget your work and you forget how much experience. That was just one example, but yeah. internal things too. And yeah, so yeah. it was just a matter of doing those things and remembering and just getting that energy and being so comfortable with the passion. Mm -hmm. So this is my passion. Yeah. So no longer I'm thinking about anxiety anymore. I'm yeah. thinking about how I can help. And that is the last thing in my mind right yeah. now, you know, yeah. because I'm enjoying it so much. It was very different with nine to five, you know, mm -hmm. that's a whole different ballpark. But this is something I choose truly enjoy and my passion is to help others holistically heal be a whole version of themselves because so many people think that they have to just live with you know being hurt yeah. and it's just like there's healing that's there for you you yeah. know there is healing why live in misery yeah. when there's healing internal healing mental healing all these different things that you can accommodate to be the best version of yourself yeah you know and that's so. real and that's real and, and, and i think you know you kind of jumped on a topic that I was going to transition to, um, which is a great segue. We talk about the concept of healing, right? And, you know, for women all over the world, there's there, there are lots of things that women are healing from that because of uh, what they have to deal with. And in the spirit of what you work on, right, and trying to help women or, you know, women and men, but in this case, we'll talk about women lose weight. Um, is, is it because of certain cultural expectations, you know, like with you being a Nigerian woman or at least, mm -hmm. a, you know, um, first generation Nigerian American, do the cultural influences impact the perceptions and how women view themselves and the, the pieces that they have to put together in order to feel mm. holistically well does that play a role or is it just not, uh, not relevant it does it does play a role um not not in weight loss it's the, actually the opposite mm. um in a lot of african households i mean physical is a big thing mm. when you gain weight it's a thing like mm. if you're not if you're not skinny it's a big deal and mm. so a lot of people deal with these pressures who are plus size so they are looking down at themselves unintentionally now because now they view their viewpoint is oh you're at this state that means you're not 
and this is your you are you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it's just like it does embed this sense of pressure to lose weight but not knowing really why you want to do it mm -hmm. you're just doing it to please your family because yeah. they want you to lose weight and that's never the approach to go because yeah. you're going to gain that weight back if your mind isn't in it and you're not doing it for yourself mm -hmm. you're going to gain it back so if people and if people are around these type of people who are keep attacking them about weight and that just tends to happen a lot more in the Nigerian community, not, I take that back, African community. Yeah. Um, it's pretty big and I can't speak to others um, because I'm just not as familiar, but that happens a lot. And so there's a level of healing that needs to happen mentally mm. in order for people to be at a place. They can still, they can still work out. They yeah. can go ahead and lose that weight, but that wasn't the underlying issue. You know what I mean? You're mm -hmm. dealing with some traumas and now you're, you know, your way of coping is to be as skinny as possible. It's just like, what is skinny to you? You know, one, mm -hmm. what is enough? You know what yeah, I mean? And so yeah. it's just like, there's a healing process with your mind. You have to come into terms with certain things. Yeah. And that's why I go the approach of that whole three, um, that mental, physical, and spiritual. And so when I do health assessments, it's not about just about how much you want weight you want to lose. That That's a byproduct of the program. It's bigger than that. It's transformational, right? right? But where is your mind at, you know, and how is it correlating to these things? And these type of things or questions that I would ask him help me figure out the identifiers for what I know as trauma from, you know, based on how they're moving with mm -hmm. what they want to do, losing weight and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so it gets kind of clear to see like, um, the people who are still in that type of wave of like, I just want to look like her, you know, mm. this body, I just want to look like this body. There's people like that. And there's people like, you know what, I just want to be me. I just right. want to feel comfortable. I just want to be healthy. And right. so I'm trying to break in people into that thought process. It's just like, no, just be you. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's not, let me pull you in with, okay, I can help you lose a lot of weight. That's the byproduct, but let's work on the mind now. Like right. let's heal, you know? And so some people don't understand or identify the places that they need to heal. A lot of people can, you know, those people who tend to like, if you give them a compliment, they'll be like, oh, it's nothing much. Oh, it's nothing much, this and that. Right. And it's just like little things like that. You, I tend to stop the person like, no, take the compliment take the because compliment. it's just like, it looks little, but you're downplaying yourself. And that's right. not a, that's not a, a, a positive experience or period, you know, type of thing. And so your mindset is more than what you like know and what you're doing. It's just a lot of subconscious things. So yeah. you have to do that tactical, intentional work of saying, looking at the post-it note saying, hey, yes, I got this yeah. every day. It sounds stupid, but no, you need to hear it several times. It's true. You know? It's true. You know, the, you know, the interesting thing about that is that it's it comes from, and I'm, I'm not going to get too deep on this, but it it speaks to a very... Um, conditioned mind that we as black people, but mostly black women have in the terms of having to always play the humble role, right? Like, and when I say the humble role, I mean like taking a compliment, you have to belittle yourself in order to be able to seem like normal, mm -hmm. right? Like if someone plays, pays you a compliment, oh, it's nothing. And if you take the compliment, then now you're criticized for being too into yourself right so it's like yeah. you can't win either way right because why are you downing yourself like why do you why do we have to always diminish ourselves in order to make other people feel if you take if you if you're given a compliment why can't we accept it and just accept it for what it is and help you know boost our natural esteem in order to be able to just continue but it seems like there's always this there's always this constant need to 
apologize for how good you are, right? Like mm-hmm. apologize for the work that you put to better yourself, right? Like yeah. you can't automatically take pride. And for you to do that, that makes you exceptional to be able to accept the fact that you actually grinded and got yourself to a better state and you're an improved state that makes you feel better. Yeah. Like somebody has to be like, oh, you're looking fine. You're looking great. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's nothing. Don't worry about this thing. Well, I'm supposed to be like, thank you. I'm blessed. No, I'm thank you. Right? Thank, like, you. thank you so much. I appreciate it. Like, ah, I see, look at you now. Somebody give you compliments. Now you want to go and do yeah, yeah, your head is getting big. Like, damn. <laughs> Which one what do you like, want, right? Like, so what do you want? No. But, 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 in the, but, in, but seriously, right? And, and I think about what you're saying as far as, um, you know, the, the culture, especially us being African. And it's so interesting that now you see it change because back, I won't, I'm not going to say back in the day, but there was always this assumption that, and maybe it still exists in some in some parts of the culture, but there's always this, this belief that you have to have some meat on your bones in order to show that you're living well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that you're doing well and you're well-to-do. And if you're too skinny, then it's like you're poor, right? So like, and then you also have, when I talk to some of my friends, um, women um friends and you know they're also talking about how sometimes they have to then they change their body to be able to make themselves attractive for a husband so i can find a husband i need to go out and find a husband i'm trying to get snatched i'm trying to get snatched mm-hmm. right that mentality. is that the reason though did they tell you that was the reason in some cases yeah like there's sometimes it's like yo be you like do your thing it's like i want to speak for yourself i'm trying to get a husband like oh okay <laughs> all right cool so i don't know anybody uh, that's why I'm like a, a lot, really. Mm-hmm. The reason, I mean, there's some out there. I'm trying to like put myself in that person's shoes. Like, how is that? So, do you think? So, I mean, okay. So, obviously, that comes off as very unhealthy. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, if you're hearing this, you know yourselves. But um, but uh, so no, the the thing about it is, it's it baffles me because I a woman's body goes through a lot, right? Just yep. taking into consideration what's expected and, and the hormonal changes that happen in growing up, right, biologically and having to be pregnant, right, and if you choose to be pregnant, but going through that stage of being pregnant, then having a baby, then having to deal with losing that weight to snap back and then, you know, I, and you think about the expansion and, the, you know, the expansion and the constriction of the woman's body that they go through because of that natural process. Yeah. People start getting worried about stretch marks. You start getting worried about all these other things. Mm-hmm. So body image, again, is one of the things that just constantly comes to mind. And trying to heal that, that those broken pieces of why, how do you look at yourself? What is mm-hmm. your best self? How do you get to yeah. appreciate your best self? Is your best self good enough right right you know what i'm saying the thing is there's a lot of people speaking that like there is a lot of knowledge for people looking to receive that but the thing is a lot of people have so many walls and layers built up to before they can receive like oh i'm like the word best you know what i mean so it's just like you have to be willing to receive that information now as far as like um to your original question. Sorry, repeat your original question. So I was just asking, like, as far as do you have like clients who come to you trying to make that change physically in hopes of being attractive to be able to find a partner? Got it. Um, no, I don't have clients like that. Okay. Um, but if someone did come to me, because I have health assessments before I determine if they are in the six or eight week program depending on the body type okay so walk um, us through your walk us through, sorry to interrupt but walk us through your process that might be able to even help answer yeah. those two 
Sure. So um, typically I, sorry, I do a health assessment. I have them complete a health assessment and the health assessment is a number of different questions, kind of understanding their current state as far as activity level, meditation, their support system, accountability. And then I have a couple of open-ended questions um, towards the end. Like if you were to reach your goal, how would you feel? Um, What are your five whys in Mm -hmm what you're looking to do for a healthy lifestyle. And in the five whys, I can immediately tell if it's the type of person that's just like, I wanna look good by 40 type thing versus, mm-hmm. look, I wanna look, I wanna be, live here for my kids, you mm-hmm. know? So I can tell like with those type of things. And, you know, if I do come across a person that, let's say their why was that, that example you gave, a person who wanted to get their body done for a potential husband or whatever, mm-hmm. I'll take the call and I'll talk to them more about that. And from then I would, you know, lay it out as far as the reality is like, you're not, this is not going to be long-term if it's just to please one person. Mm -hmm. Like that's not how it works. And in my program, it's like, you're either going to develop on the mental and spiritual level with that weight loss or you're not. Right. And so it's just like, okay, if if that's what you want to do, then obviously there's, there's those prepackaged programs like, Hey, lose weight in 20, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm do things like that. But what I try to do is even if they're not a fit for my program, talk to them about that. Like, why do you feel like you need to be this size in order to get this person? Can you give me like reasons to kind of pull that out of them? Because some people just function on autopilot and say things on autopilot and forget what it is like mm-hmm. you know you function on autopilot to go home and then like, in the beginning i remember like a new home it's like you forget and you kind of go to the old place mm-hmm. but like it's just kind of talking to them and saying why do you want to be that size mm-hmm. what's the reasoning what's the benefit and kind of presenting it both ways and the hopes is to have the person understand enough or be um selfless enough to recognize and appreciate themselves understanding that they need the priority too like in order to pour into this husband of yours or future husband of yours your cup has to be full as well huh Mm -hmm. you know and it's just like priorities you're you know and it's a setup for failure if you're so adamant about five months before the wedding getting a certain size and not focused on you know, the overall, wouldn't you want to be healthy for the entire duration of, you know, of the whole thing? So why not invest time into building the habits that will help you be your best self and not set yourself up for failure. Then after the wedding, you eat what you can and your husband is looking at you sideways like, girl, what, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, so that's, that's all I would say to that, to that individual. But none of the people in my program have that mindset. I feel like more recent times people are understanding the importance of a healthy lifestyle Mm. everybody understood it before they just didn't care Mm. now people are understanding it they're on the verge of not caring they they need to care and they recognize that Mm. right and so it's just like now people are understanding why it's important to be healthy especially now that COVID hit how quickly somebody can be unhealthy and go you know Mm. and so now people are trying to do their best for their own immune system and body you know outside of COVID to make sure they're their best selves. And so a lot of people, surprisingly enough, a lot more people, a lot more women who come to me, they they just don't know what to do, but they are desperate desperate and ready for a change, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. never really like, I'm desperate for these 20 pounds. They're like, I'm desperate, I wanna be healthy. Mm. I don't know how many weight pounds that is, but you know what I mean, that thing, because that involves healing and um, yeah. something I can walk people through because I've experienced it. I've tried 
weight loss without that approach. And it was just literally weight loss. And it was still dark. It was still all those things, you know. And so it's just like, why go through that up and down burden when in reality, there's a better way, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. So what do you think, how much of a role, I should say, do you think the pandemic, COVID-19 has played for your business, for the, the types of clients that have that have approached you and asked you about change? Because there have been people who are sitting at home because of the pandemic, working from mm-hmm. home, and are worried about getting, you know, contracting mm-hmm. the virus so they do not engage in some level of physical activity. They don't go out in the gym. They've been home sedentary, sedentary just eating, mm-hmm. you know, living good, getting that gaining that COVID-19 weight, <laughs> right? And so... I, I, do you have people who reached out to you because of the pandemic or no? Yeah, yeah. All of the people has been due to the pandemic. So mm-hmm. the interesting thing is my program was, I started developing my program at the end of November mm-hmm. while I was still on my program. In September, I gained like 40 pounds from um, COVID because I was just lollygagging, just eating what oh, I was, just like a majority of the people eating what I wanted, drank what I wanted. The days felt the same, basically. That's what I mean. Um, And so I saw that I gained weight. I went up to 215. And then immediately after that, I just incorporated like clean eating and working out, including home workouts, Mm -hmm. because I was using that as as an excuse, too. I was Mm -hmm. just like, well, there's no gyms open, you know, Mm -hmm. and months and months and months kept going. And I'm like, okay. Now we have to figure something out because Mm -hmm. it don't seem like, you know what I mean? So um, I was able to lose, so I kept going, I went hard, zero to 100, and then after four months, I was able to lose 50 pounds. So mm-hmm. I lost the weight that I gained, which that was my original goal, mm-hmm. but then it's now it's totaling 50 pounds. And so right now, it's just a place where, like now it's booming because my program officially, my clients just came in in January, and all the, everyone hasn't, everyone story is on COVID. Mm-hmm. Everyone is like, hey, I'm still, they haven't gotten in the state of getting started yet. And it's just right. like COVID gave me 40 pounds because COVID is kind of still happening for a lot yes. of people. I mean, it's happening for all of us, but people are still stuck at home and still stuck in their ways. And they need somebody to come to them and be like, hey, snap out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are later than others. But yeah, like um, those are the people that come. Those are the people that tend to come and I walk them through, okay, what does what is activity, what, is, what does it look like now in this new normal how can you still be able to be healthy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they are open to hearing that. And from there, I can just share more information. Home workouts, different things that I thought would be hard. Mm-hmm. I didn't like having a home workout type thing, but it's it's not bad at all. Okay. So are you, when if I, let's say I'm a client, right? And I, and I, mm-hmm. I reach out to you, like coach, change my life, right? Like I'm trying to get comfortable trying to live healthy i'm trying to be able to just feel good in my clothes and you know we have the health health assessment go down and we we go through it and you're like you know what this dude is worthy of my grace whatever the case may be (laughs) (laughs) i'm doing the most but like but look but no so it's like you, you get the you get the you know i get to be a client we've gone through it and everything matches is it one of those things where you kind of serve as after giving all the information to serve as a resource are you an accountability person where you just yes. call like how often are, pe- are your clients talking to you absolutely and things like that? 
Absolutely, yes. So with the program, like I mentioned, it's Holistic Healthy Living. And um, it'll be weekly one-on-one. So my whole thing is that it takes a while to build a habit, to get consistent. It's one thing to be like, raise your hand. I'm about to work out, change myself this week. Let's Mm -hmm. go. By day three, you're done, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we know some human behaviors. And so now it's a matter of keeping them accountable. And my program is like broken out into three different phases and it's in my app. And so with the app, I am able to keep them accountable on different habits, their workouts. Um, They have questions, they come to me virtually and I'm able to like talk to them and speak to them and incorporate different things. So I'm able to figure out um, a pattern between their nutrition, between their activity and their habits mm-hmm. to see what weight loss, maximum weight loss looks for them as far as the fat burn aspects. And so I help with that using one-on-ones. So we'll go through all of the information for the week and the different things that they did. And so we'll track all of those things. I provide additional guidance and develop areas for the following week. Cause at the end of the day, the end of the program, the goal is for that to be your start date, for you to have all the tools necessary to be able to lose this a similar amount as me in four months or as long as long as you would like. Um, the goal is to understand your body enough to know when to lose, gain, or maintain, like that be in your hands. Mm-hmm. And so I do those one-on-one check-ins. In addition to that, I have a coaching call for all, all the people in the group. So all the women get there, they ask Q&A, we all check in, do different mood checks, see how mm. things are going. And then during that time is a topic relating to mindset and just boosting them with that motivation for the week. And just kind of course correcting different thoughts and mind processes. And one last thing is in addition to that, just kind of, we go through collectively as a group, some type of uh, devotional. And so okay. every week we come back to it and everybody has a different take on the devotional or a particular verse. And it's so interesting that people can read one verse and everybody has something different from it. So yeah. it's super valuable and it's just taking away some of that, um, some of those positive insights that help with that spiritual and that closeness with God. Mm-hmm. And because there's so many different things that in the Bible state, the basis is our body being pure and whole and you know in a physical sense so um share that with the ladies as well and then one of the biggest things is the facebook vip community group so it's a private community group on facebook where all the girls are in there from no matter which month they're in everybody's posting three to four times a week um whether it be their sweaty selfie their gym um their gym machine their food their groceries and it's kind of like helping people be accountable and Mm so every time we're on there people are sending motivational information and things of that nature and so you're not only getting that level of accountability from a coach but you're also gaining and establishing a community that are like-minded are looking to lose over x amount of weight as well and they are 100 percent in just as you are and they are Mm -hmm. interested in their mindset development just as you are and they're interested in their faith wall just as you are you are so it's important to have that community as well absolutely and you know i i as you're talking something started to click in my mind because you know my my background has led me to do research um, around certain you know topics and a lot of the things that i do my work on tends to be around you know health behavior lifestyle behaviors um, in regards to preventing chronic diseases and other risk factors that can lead you to chronic disease. And a lot of it tends to be around physical activity, nutrition, and stress management. But most of the time, a lot of my work obviously ties into transnational immigrants who have these dual ties to their motherland and how their cultural influences, because of their bicultural identity, 
How does it influence how they go about engaging in these behaviors that could be risk factors or even um, preventative factors or protective factors for, you know, negative health outcomes or being obese and having high blood pressure and things like that, right? So when you're speaking of the program that you created, it kind of reminds me of one of these like culturally competent or culturally tailored interventions that we do. And in that same breath, one of the more challenging things that we discover when we do, you know, a research uh, and, and, and observe is that, you know, the change is always the going, the buy-in is not that difficult, right? Especially if it's something tailored to that particular community group. But the hardest thing that happens tends to be once the person's gone, once coach is done and the sessions is over, right? Maintenance, right? And there's mm-hmm. always this relapse of sorts mm-hmm. that happens, right? And even, you even touched on it, right? That idea of we just eat whatever we want. Like, you know, we at the crib and, and you yeah. feel a certain mood and you, and we're human, right? Like you can't, there's just, I, I, can't, I can't go that long without a honey bun. I'm sorry. Right. right? Like, that's just not, I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah. um, but so it's normal to have those moments, but what do you say? And how do you go about dealing to getting your clients to be able to have those good habits to be able to maintain the loss that they've, they've, uh, they've, they've sure. had? Yeah, so I have everyone think about it like 80%, 20%. 80% you eat healthy or you eat clean and use mm. the tools that you took away from my program. So 80% of a year, 20%, that is left for your vacations, your cheat meals, your husband's um, um, birthday, your wife's birthday, you know what I mean? Your girl's night, that's 20%. That's plenty of time to do whatever you want. But if you can be consistent habitually on a day-to-day basis on that 80% healthy eating, you shouldn't feel bad about those things. I don't feel bad. Like if I go and get a Twix bar or if I'm at home and I'm getting some F up from my parents' house, I'm not thinking twice. I know what I'm thinking twice about is now that I know my body so much, my body tells me what it likes and doesn't. Right. So my body will tell me the next day if it's cool or not. And so then after that, if my body don't like it, I get to choose between, all right, do I want to enjoy it still and just deal with the consequences tomorrow mm-hmm. or do I not? I would rather that type of approach. And that's eventually what you're going to understand versus, man, I shouldn't have had a cheat meal. Mm. Cheat meals are inevitable. Like Mm -hmm. you just have to understand and think of the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. A lot of people tend to zone in. And that's another component that always circles back to mindset as well. Like this entire weight loss process, healthy lifestyle is is tied together because it's just like that's how things can be done with longevity. And, you know, yeah. you, you kind of touched on another piece, which is the African piece, the eating the F4, right? Like, how do you then talk to your, and I don't know, this this is, this probably be a two-folded question because I was initially going to ask you, where are the majority of your clients from? But if mm-hmm. you happen to have some, but even speaking for yourself as a Nigerian, how are you able to find that balance between eating your African food, your jollof rice, your pounded jam, your, you know, yeah. and, and, and still being able to still stick to the journey do you work with alternative ingredients when you prepare your meals or when your parents make the meals or do you just go all in with the with the food that's made Uh in palm oil and all these things two approaches there so um with the eating so the thing is it's just like when you get to your body to a place where it's optimal Uh you should have no issues having those cheap meals and picking it people have a problem with abstaining from Nigerian food during the time where they're supposed to be losing the most amount of weight. That's not realistic. And if you absolutely need to have jollof rice, like I tell them use half cauliflower rice, half whole grain or something like that. But 
you know, nobody's saying never eat it. It's right. just like for right now, you need to understand your actual body. And then later on down the line, you can pick and choose if you want to use that. But like, yeah, up front, no, there is no African food of the sorts. Mm. No plantain, no nothing. We have to get your body and your appetite back. Mm. And then that's when you start understanding and you start recognizing that 80% clean eating versus 20%. Right. And then you identify whether or not you want to eat it. Or if you want to make it, you can find creative ways of making it, which is all over the internet about like jollof rice, you know, um, stew, mm -hmm. you know, palm oil, replacements for palm oil, different things like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, did okay. that answer both questions? It did, it did, it did. So now okay. we're segueing and we're almost towards the end. But, you know, one of the things that we, we do here is you know, since we're on the, on the topic of healing, I, I want to talk about healing from another perspective. We've talked about losing weight. We've talked about, you know, engaging in healthy behaviors. But I want to speak on it from a cultural perspective, right? Transnationalism, one of the things that we try to do here is be able to bring that perspective of what it was like for you growing up in America, having Nigerian parents. What was your experience with the African-American community? Um, and what is it now compared to what it was then? Um, and, and how does that play into how you've been approaching life and even with your clients or, and things like that? Um, it's an interesting question. So as far as like my childhood and upbringing mm -hmm. with, Af so just backtrack a little bit, as far as my upbringing, um, my parents tended to be more, they weren't extremely strict in the sense of me trying out different weird things or what you would declare weird like tennis or painting or something like that um and i kind of entered school knowing that i was african but it was almost like because my parents kind of subconsciously kind of just pushed everything American to us and almost mm. wanted to take away the Nigerian. Mm. Mm. And I look back and I'm like, you know, I forgive y'all for that, but y'all bogus. You know what I mean? Like I could have been learning this language. Come right, on, right, like, right, right, but it's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, quickly put me in all the hip clothes and stuff. And I'm like, not knowing what's going on. And, um, but yeah, so my experience is like younger, like eighth grade and under, uh, there was always that typical African booty scratcher thing. I was not, at all the cool kid everybody made fun of me because i was african um and high school no it was fine um i had, didn't really have any issues so like to speak to today as far as black americans i've never had a significant or traumatizing experience mm -hmm. to the point outside of childhood but mm -hmm. i don't i'm not going to assume the majority of them are you know the ones that said they were african booty scratchers booty yeah, scratchers right. but no, I haven't had any issues or I kind of view things in the point of it doesn't matter what culture or where you're from. Mm -hmm. I think that goodness and love is something that's universal and that if it's practiced with one culture, it can be practiced with the same. And so that's kind of my viewpoint with African-Americans or anybody else. I, um, I don't have anything particularly off to say. It's just yeah. a normal person to me. Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because everybody has a different perspective or experience. Oh yeah, right? really? Yeah, oh well, yeah, I guess well, people are really hard about. People are really like yeah, sticklers. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's this tension. That's a good right? point. There's, I'm just like, yo, there's so many other things to worry about. Like, well, you know what I'm talking about. So like that, there's on, there that's... is there's so many things, right? But there, there this tension that still like, persists, y'all, between both groups. It's not groups. deep. They grew. I grew. I did a lot of things back in the day that I'm. You know what I mean? I will never do now. I grew. Right. Like, I, 
it's just not that deep. And you know, it's... the parental the parentals typically play a major role in that type of attitude from between one group and oh, the other, right? Because your parents, because you're... your parents sometimes like, and it may not be your parents in particular, but I know, for example, when you know, growing up, it was like, or even just in in in, in some in, in in some spaces now, you, there's some there's some folks who are just like, we don't deal with you know Akata people. Right, like, mm. and even, I hate that word, but that's the word yeah. they use sometimes, and it's yeah. no longer. And it's like we don't like those people; they're different. Don't like, for example, don't go and marry, you know, an African American, right? So yes, there's so many other things we should be worried about. Yeah, but there's a lot of healing. Saying. There's a lot of healing that needs to happen in that regard, yeah. right? Like we may have oh, that. Okay. We have that luxury of being able to grow. Um, up in Chicago, and we had the ability to be able to, even though they called us African booty scratcher growing up, we still have the ability to code switch. You knew how to, you know, work your your language and your words in the, in the settings that you in, and not corporate, but more so like family and outside with the homies, right? And then in college, you understood, you know, you had a mixed group, but you also had like different crews where you had your ACA people, and then you also had, you know, what I'm saying, CBS. Yeah. Joined. So like that that whole ability for us to have to blend into different spaces and not just be able to all come in into these one big happy black family that's where i think there's some healing that needs to happen um Mm. between you know both groups because one of the things that we're trying to do especially with you know when we talk about protecting black women and things like that right being able to understand that the issues that are happening in, in regards to protecting women is not just one an american issue it's not just an issue that's tied into you know you know we understand and we, we mourn the loss of Breonna Taylor and other women that are uh, like Sandra Bland, all those. But there's so many other women in Africa. There's so many other women across the world who look like you are going through this on a daily basis, yeah. right? Who are not protected, who who don't understand, who don't have that. And we, we're trying to bridge that gap where it's not this black Akata woman and I'm an African true African woman, right? Like, right. you know, and maybe you haven't had that experience. But that's something that I think needs needs to be healed. What are, what are your thoughts, if you have any, on that? No, I agree. I as we got older, I don't like the term too. It makes me cringe. Yeah, I, I it, it makes it. It's just weird. It makes yeah. me cringe. But yes, I've that has been in my childhood in the sense of like aunties and different things around mm. that. Even my dad at different points. But my mom, she um, she worked she worked at a place where it wasn't, you know, there were black people there and my mom, like she's a very gracious woman. And so she is very receptive to other people. And so she kind of grew up with black women. So she doesn't really, well, you know, I'm not going to say they're saints, but um, she doesn't really um, look at them negatively. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't, I can't speak for, now I'm thinking about it. One side is saying, wait a minute, Ika, wait a minute. And then the other side is like, but, and then the other side is like, shut up. <laughs> shut up right now. One of those voices is your parents' voices right now. <laughs> like, stop it right now. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. No, but, um, um, Back to the Akata thing and my thoughts on it. Um, I understand on both perspectives, like why people feel a certain way and why people are triggered by that. I think that my approach with a lot of things is very different from other people's. Like I don't weigh heavy on those things because at the end of the day, it's like 
what is it going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's just like, okay, yeah, a culture has identified you as X, Y, and Z. You can speak your truth, speak your peace, help clarify that. But at the end of the day, your, action, your actions are showing one thing versus the other. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, when people talk like that, I just kind of ignore it mm-hmm. or I correct them for sure. But when it comes to debates between, oh, I'm supposed to be this, oh, I'm supposed to be that, identify as what you want and then you let your actions and everything else do the talking and mm-hmm. so outside of that don't it don't really matter what people say facts, facts. <laughs> how, so all right how, how i'm often, so light about that but you should be i mean i understand that and, and that's i wish more people were had that mentality that you have um but as far as nigeria goes and and us blaming our parents for not teaching us the native tongue <laughs> let's let's go on that tip real quick and let's talk about how often when's the last time you've been to nigeria I was there, I actually was there for a wedding last February, okay. February 2020. Okay. So I, yeah, like? I go pretty frequently. Okay. So yeah. going frequently, what's that been like being able to know that like you go home frequently and you get to experience both worlds um, in the present as an adult, you know, as this, as coach and, and how's that, how does you, how do you navigate both worlds in your own pers- perspective? Oh, it's really interesting, man. Um, <laughs> I, I like Nigeria. I made an intentional intentional decision years ago that I wanted to go. I wanted to understand my culture. I chose to go. My parents, they go every year, but I didn't think about going. And so I've made this practice since like 2013 to go once a year, or once every other year, or sometimes twice in a year. Um, and so there it's, I enjoy the culture, I would say, in many different ways that they're kind of different. Like, so there's one from a health hat, and then there's another from a cultural hat. So it depends on the question you're asking me, but from a cultural hat, it's um, it's great. It's nice to see my culture and understand my culture and being forced to kind of, like, pick up on things. Uh-huh. But it also kind of makes me – it's kind of frustrating because I don't know the language, and I'm trying to learn. Um, and so it's kind of like, dang. And so that's why I want to go even more because I want to get more well versed into the right. culture and picking up on different things because yeah. all of my friends are Nigerian. So like in addition to these classes so far, so good. But um, as far as a health hat, I always I they have different things to eat there. <laughs> and um, if you don't do your research, you kind of can't really set yourself up for success. Mm. So when I do go to Nigeria, I try to keep it um like but at the end of the day i'm not going on a whole journey for like pineapples and kale you know what i'm saying so it's just like i'm just gonna eat what the house lady made but i'll work out tonight (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's no way you telling me that you travel all the way to nigeria telling me that first thing i'm looking for is kale no i'm like Ah. you know what i mean i'm like Guy, what's wrong with you? Right, <laughs> they're gonna look at me like I'm crazy. This princess, they are not gonna like me. First of all, I already no. had to <laughs> see. I mean, that's that's oh, yeah, it's different. It's so, different. you have to plan ahead and know the places and things like that. And I'm sure they're there, and that's why I want to go to Nigeria for a longer period of time so I can identify those areas for people. Mm. But yeah, it's different from a health hat as well, just kind of noticing you know the type of food they eat and the shape that they're still in a lot of people and you know different things and so it's it varies okay so yeah so yeah it did it did it did and and, and we're wrapping up now um one of the questions i always ask is just in regards to everything oh um wait i'd be remiss you never really talked about the types of people 
the the people that are typically your clients where are they usually from is it a mixed bag or it's a mixed bag right now i have people yeah so it's not limited to african there's um nigerian black americans um yeah those two for right now okay it's it but it's specifically well my program in particular is geared to women of color right so like minority women so do you have to tailor do you try to tailor your approach based on the two different populations are you giving everybody a one-size-fit-all type of program no right now i just have it as the people who are me or who used to be me so basically colored plus size and 100 percent ready to get going and they want their mindset cleared so is that what you mean yeah exactly okay love to hear it thank you all right so my last question now officially is when it's all said and done what do you want your legacy to be um, well, I have a lot of things, so I guess this is kind Lay it of, all out. Okay, to... yeah, let me play it all out here. Um, so my parents, my family is Muslim, Yeah. Um, surprisingly enough, and I'm Christian. And so I grew up, my parents being Muslim, and then I had a local church near my house, and I actually come to find God in a different spectrum Um while I was young, like 10, 11, 12, with different like youth groups and things of that nature. So it was a certain time where I had to like figure out, I knew enough about Jesus to know that I have to pick one or the other. Um, And I was so torn because I knew my parents, because I was young, but Mm -hmm. I was so woke. I was aware, like spiritually awakened. Um, And I didn't want to let my parents down. And so I, was like, is it possible to be Muslim and Christian? Let me just, can this be easy? They're like, yeah. no, you know? And so I had to, um, I chose Christianity mm. and I have practiced that for so long as far, it's almost innate to who I am because it's all about giving and love and um, being a good person. And so I want my legacy to be established of a place where kingdom builders are created kingdom builders for christ living on their living for their purpose and just kind of passing on generations and generations of the success and blessings that come from you know me and my family and so Mm -hmm. i want to see a new family or a new type of family born that are christian that are super excited for jesus and see the difference and see how um the way I transform my life, how that will impact my kids. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing. And then another thing is like, ultimately I want, you know, to be known for empowering women, empowering young adults to be the best version of themselves, whether that be for the 19, 20 year old who's looking for a career advice and development in corporate America to, you know, a person who is looking to lose weight and they've lost their self-worth and things like that. And so just having those programs or having non-for-profits along the sorts that can continue on the work that I'm doing, but on a grander scale, that would be ideal. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. First, you know, some, you just said your parents were Muslim, right? So I have yeah. to ask, right? And yeah. if, um, did you, did your parents go to the mosque on the North side of Chicago? Yeah. No wonder. I knew. I was like, yo, I know you. <laughs> like from really? 
Yeah, my mom goes to that mosque too. My parents are Muslim. I'm Christian. Oh, well, girl, Christ. well, my mom wait, goes back to that, in the day? Back in the day, G. Like, my mom went to that. We, my mom still goes to that mosque up on the north side right there by that train. Yeah. You know exactly what by I'm talking train. about. By, by the, the train. train. Right yeah, there off by of the train. By the train off of the, uh, what was that? What stop is that? Is that Sheridan? I don't remember. But yeah, it was right there, right? And like, yeah. I was like, because the name, I remember when I was an undergrad, I remember seeing your last name and I was like, well, five. I was like, oh, my mom always talks about a name with five in the mosque. And I'm like, I don't know. But I don't like making assumptions, so I just let yeah, it go. Yeah, like, my dad, it. yeah, my dad and mom. And yes, there you go. Yes. And there you go, That's right? So, so funny, it's so though. crazy. So... I was like, yo, like. I used to go there. I used to, I just remember, like, it was. It didn't feel like home to me. It yeah. wasn't home. Yeah, it I wasn't. Even... I, I went, you know, they used to have their Arabic school. They used to happen on Saturdays and everything. Remember, yeah. it, it was it was it was crazy because I found myself in in the middle and this is just extra podcast stuff. But like I found myself in the middle of similar to you, right? Where, you know, but I started off as a Christian. My family was, you know, like my dad is Christian, but my mom had Muslim ties and all these other things. So when I first came to United States, I was still Christian, going to church and everything. And then I remember having a conversation with one of my cousins who was Muslim and she planted some seeds that made me really think about religion. And I started to, and I had to have been like, I, I say be so 12. And I started to think about things, right? And I remember going to the mosque and that's how I started getting, you know, getting exposed to the mosque. And I remember just, but it didn't have that homely feel, right? But I, mm -hmm. but I also know that I was young and you know, they, they just moved different over there. So like when, we got older, you know, I had to make a decision because my mom was like, look, you got to pick one, right? Like similar to you, I, I was like, can I do both, right? And to some degree, I still kind of more so like I, I acknowledge Ramadan. So like when my mom is fasting, I will fast with her. Maybe not the entire tea, but yeah. I will give you half because, you know, I'll try my best. At to least you have the option. Yeah. Oh, you don't? For years, no. For years, I was banned from church. Now they know me, but like, right. when I was a child, yeah, but. Yeah, so it was different. And I was like, because my mom was like, you have to pick one. Like, you, so, you she so she was just like, she allowed you to pick. Yeah, she was like, pick one. She's like, oh, well, there's, she's like, there's God. She's like, however you want to ways praise your god you better praise him in one way or the other but you better pick one you can't be telling me you're an atheist or something like that so i was like i'm not <laughs> so, so i was like okay cool and for me i was like okay christianity at this point there's there's a certain piece that i have in being able to communicate with god the way i do um i still have a huge respect and a huge admiration for the practice of islam and what mm -hmm. it means and what it stands for in cons in theory and concepts um you know, with the Quran and everything, but it was just so yeah. interesting. It was just a small, just like yeah. small world type stuff. I was like, "That's I, so funny, I like, though." I knew it. Yeah, yeah. I was low key, man. Everybody even know me, man. But but I, but know, I was I probably a handful of times I went there. Yeah. So my parents didn't force us to practice it. They went, you know, ah, but they didn't force us to practice it. It's just good. like if they want to go, they'll go. They just were because they just thought I was going chill. The the problem happened when I found another religion. And so mm. that's when it was just like, oh no, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. well, you know what I mean? So I didn't really go like regularly. Yeah. They went regularly though, for sure. That's that's amazing. Such a small world. Well, I know. Well, look, so man. many people went there though. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> a so lot of people, people that you cross paths that, are, that yeah. you see in Chicago. Um, but coach, I, I want to take this moment to just thank you again for taking the time to chop it up with me, it's it's been it's been a pleasure, it's been an honor uh, to be able to, to to hear you share your journey with us, and I do hope that it inspires a lot of young, not even young, just any woman of any age to be able to feel empowered to find their voice and be able to take that step forward in order to be able to make a change 
and achieve your best self. Um, is there any way that people can reach you and get in contact with you if they want to learn a little bit more about just working with you or just learn more about how ways to network with you? Absolutely. And sorry for the background noise. Okay. Um, on, on Instagram, I go by I am Yinkarufai. And I am primarily on Instagram and I DM, you can reach out to me via Linktree, which is on my Instagram hashtag handle. So Coach Inka Refi, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much, sis. I appreciate it. No problem. It. Thank Nothing you for having me. Love. This was great. Yeah. Yeah, man. I hope that we can do this again sometime in the future, man. But in the meantime, take care of yourself. Be safe. God bless. And thank you for what you're doing. No problem. God bless too. So that's going to do it for this episode of My Black is Transnational. I'd like to thank Coach Rufai for taking the time to share her experiences and her knowledge and wisdom with us and her passion. So um, Inka, we really appreciate you and we wish you all the best. And as you know, whatever we can do here on My Black is Transnational, to support your cause we are here to support that again thank you all for taking the time to finish this episode if you've made it this far and you are a real one uh you can continue to listen to us if you like what you heard by downloading and subscribing to the podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast to listen to be it spotify apple google stitcher wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast you can find us there rate and review the podcast if you like this episode your feedback is always appreciated you can also check us out at www.blacktransnational.wixsite.com and check us out on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast and follow me, the host, at Black Transnational underscore. Special shout out to all the great women doing great things. Continue to do the great things you're doing as we continue to celebrate Women's History Month. But thank you all for listening and we'll talk again next time. Until then, my name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lambert. My Black is Transnational. And I hope by the end of this, yours will be too. Peace.